1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Damian Lee goes into a three. It's and good! Damian Lee hit it! It's time for Warriors This Week. Curry off a series of drag streaks. Top of the key three. Are
0: you kidding me?
2: 95 seven, 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 the game and we welcome you in john dickinson whitey gleason it's warriors this week here on 95 7 the game 8 at 8 nine, five, seven, nine, five, 7 0 a lot to talk about uh, with you whitey good to be with you as always and uh, another loss for the warriors last night is uh, that makes four of five and uh, the warriors after a big win in miami uh, can't chase that with another one in atlanta
0: First things first here, J.D., yeah, great to be with you. Uh, it's great, by the way, to have the NCAA men playing in San Francisco again for the first time, what, since 1939. Just real quick here, when I filled out my bracket, I was that pigeon flying in front of home plate, and then the tournament was like Randy Johnson's fastball. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, this is great. I like my bracket. Then, poof, just a cloud of feathers and destruction and despair. And there we are. It's, that's the way this tournament's been for a lot of people, obviously. For the Warriors now, eight games to go. The good news, as you well know, as Warrior fans well know, Warriors still clinging to the third spot in the West. And there is, of course, optimism that Curry will be back for the first round of the playoffs. And Clay scored 37 last night. Hey, those are terrific things. Bad news, Coach Kerr still clearly looking for answers with the rotation. The defense has been awful, as I said last week. J.D., if they don't start defending better, they're, they're cooked. And the troubling thing there is too many guys just getting beaten off the dribble Everything breaking down from there. That first quarter, I mean, halfway through the first quarter last night, I thought, my goodness, they're going to give up 160 points tonight. But just to end this thread, on one more positive note before we move on, uh, which Warrior over the last two games has gone 11 for 13 from the floor with 11 rebounds, five of them offensive? (laughs) Gary Payton second.
2: Yeah. Okay. That was yeah. yeah. I, I had two that two that came to mind. Yeah. Gary Payton the second played well, and and he was a part of the group that played well for the Warriors down the stretch as Steve Kerr went away from a couple of starters down the stretch. I was actually going to go with the guy that was benched, uh, Kevon Looney, <laughs> who was four for five last night. So he was he yes. was in play. Uh, but yeah, I. But yeah, Steve Kerr making the light up switch, but it, it just goes to and, and there are a lot of things just specifically from the game last night, Uh, you know, the hot start offensively. I I thought the game was just a joke, to be honest. It was like open gym. It was a a light workout, a a, a soft practice. I thought the Warriors really had an opportunity to actually win that game if they had tried to play any semblance of defense in the first half of the game. But it was just like they were were comfortable. And I know the Hawks have, have lost a lot of games this year because their defense is, what, bottom five, I think, in the league. Uh, you know, they'll just, all right, well, we can win tonight 132 to 126, and and I think it was just kind of a bad, bad tone, and yeah, Clay was going off, and Jordan Poole was going off, and, and that was great, but you just felt like if the game was going to be played as loosely as it was, that the Hawks were going to be able to get back in the game, and it was going to wind up being a close one, you know, down the stretch, and it did, although it took, you know, the, the Warriors going off, in the, or, or the Hawks going off in the third quarter, the Warriors going off in the, in the fourth quarter. But it, it, as far as the lineups go and, and the rotation and, and that kind of stuff, Whitey, it just goes to show, and last night's a perfect example, whether it's the starting lineup change or the closing lineup that Steve Kerr went with, with, with Peyton out there and Damian Lee, Kavon Looney, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Uh, Up until the one minute mark, it is going to be really, really difficult. And the onus is really going to be on Steve Kerr to figure out the right combinations on the right night to to navigate this team through a playoff run.
0: It's really interesting what's going on right now, because Coach Kerr talks about, hey, we're very flexible right now. Uh, The the roles are as fluid right now as with any team I've ever seen, especially um, with with Curry not available so that's kind of the positive spin on it. On the other hand, he also said, we have to explore some lineups, but we have to settle on some lineups before the playoffs start. It's a challenge. So I know, you know, on this show. Well, it doesn't show, look like he's sh- doing it. <laughs> it no. doesn't look
2: like he's doing it, Whitey. I mean, that's, no. that's the part. Like, he, he talks constantly. And I'm, I'm going to look. Right now, I get it. They're without Steph Curry. And it, it is kind of a conundrum that the Warriors, you know, they don't beat San Antonio or Orlando. They lose last night, but then they beat Miami when everybody's out. But I, I'm just going to – and I apologize for jumping in on you there, but he, he talks a lot about finding the combinations, but then he, he just keeps tinkering, and it's tinker right. and tinker and tinker. And, and, you know, last night's another example where, you know, that's the night where you choose to, to make a, a lineup change. I, I'll let you finish on that, but it, it's something that does kind of – it drives me a little batty when watching this team. It just how every three games, it's like some new rotation to, to figure out who can do what with whom.
0: Yeah, first of all, all good. You know, jump in whenever you want. I'm I'm totally fine with that. I appreciate your your concern, but we're good because this is we're both very passionate about what we're what we're talking about here it's interesting because on this show on other shows on the station we we've talked to people who criticize coach courage oh he's not flexible he stays with the same thing and right now if anything maybe he's too flexible and one of the coaches was quoted in in the slate story of saying it's kind of and that he was they didn't mention which coach or which member of the staff it is He said it's kind of like a -a whack-a-mole right now we're trying to compensate for the fact that Steph's not there every time we do something to address that issue issue then it creates other problems i do think one of their biggest problems right now and this has something to do with kerr's uh lineup changes but really i think it's more basic than that you know just defensively i think they've lost their swagger defensively and again when you're getting beat off the dribble you can talk about we got to communicate and we got to bring more toughness but when you're getting beaten off the ball everything breaks down from there and then they're overcompensating for that because you know guys are thinking all right, someone's going to come roaring down the lane here, and i got to help, and so they're overhelping off of shooters in the corner. I think their biggest problem right now still is what's going on defensively, but the lineup changes. It's just kind of a head-scratcher. If anything, I think Draymond should come off the bench, and Looney should have been starting last night, but obviously then you get into egos, and that's another part of all this.
2: Well, but it wasn't a problem in Orlando where, where, where he wound up. Uh, was, was it Orlando? Yeah, the, the Orlando game where the Warriors can't score, and mm-hmm. there, he winds up taking Draymond out of the starting lineup uh, in the third quarter of that game, and, and that winds up with Otto Porter going back in. Porter helped the Warriors come back in that game and, and have a chance to win it, and, and it seems, and, and I know Anthony Slater wrote about this after the game, and, and Steve Kerr had comments, it, it seems right now he wants to get he wants to get Draymond and and Kaminga playing together as a combination, and he also wants to get Looney uh, and and Porter a, as a combination to to get. Uh, I think the the athletic advantage that Kaminga gives him and, and ability to score at a higher level than Looney. You don't want to have the you know Draymond and Looney two non scorers out there at the same time as much. So he's trying to split them up with Curry out. To, in an attempt to add more offense and, and, and add more flow, and I think specifically with with Porter, add more shooting, uh, you know, and then kind of cover some of the deficiencies there with Looney. So that's that's how it worked out as far as last night. But but I'm I'm with you. Like why? I, I just it just seems like you're, they're going a long way to 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 tinker and, and test things out, and and all the while admitting that and, and maybe they're right on this admitting that you know these last 9 games are are just not you know not that big of a deal
0: 8 games here's part yeah part of the problem in my opinion Draymond right now and uh, presumably a lot of it has to do with his health but right now offensively He's not giving you much of anything. Just looking at his last four games, 0 for 2, 1 for 3, 1 for 3, 1 for 3. So he's not taking many shots, and he's not shooting. He's a smart guy. It's clearly, you watch him. He has no faith in his offense right now. He's taken, what, uh, I think four three-pointers and missed them all. And when he kind of insists there, J.D., he talked about this earlier this year, that he you know, likes to run offense from the point. And he even said, Coach Kerr doesn't like me out there all the time. But when he's just sitting there running the offense from up top, You know, just defensively, he's like, man, you're a really good passer, but I don't have to guard you. Um, At least Looney, and we know he's very limited offensively, but he'll make you pay for not guarding him with back cuts, dive cuts. Um, And if he gets an open shot, he doesn't pass him up right? He's not going to shoot a lot, but right now I think Looney is actually more of a scoring threat than Draymond Green, and that, that that shouldn't be the case, and I think that's part of the problem that we're not talking about. Draymond right now, and again, maybe it's because he's hurt, I understand that, but he offensively, he's he's really hurting you right now because he just gives you nothing, and the way he's dealing with that makes your team easier to guard.
2: Yeah, and, and I think you're seeing teams, and I think Steve Kerr's already acknowledging the fact that, that Teams are really circling Jordan Poole, and and in some ways, they're going to start treating him a little bit like they treat Steph Curry because he's been so explosive offensively in terms of just taking the ball out of his hands, and if you've got less offensive playmakers on the floor and less just guys that can put the ball in the bucket, I think more to the point – then that makes it easier to try and, and take Jordan Poole out of the game. And the Warriors can't afford to have Jordan Poole taken out of the game right now because he he and, and last night Clay Thompson are the offense for this team. They need him essentially to put up close to Steph Curry numbers to to have a chance to win on a night-in-night-out basis right now.
0: Yeah, and it's not only that. You're absolutely right. But in addition, you know everything runs through him, and he's running the offense. It's like – Something I watched was like, that's that's not the Warriors. But, I mean, maybe we we have to give Coach Kerr some credit for that. They've made some adjustments offensively because they've had to to allow Jordan Poole to operate, run run high, pick, and rolls. But it's not the traditional Warrior offense. And that's fine. I give him credit, again, for adjusting. Just things seem a little bit out of whack. It was was great to see Clay have the big night. But Wiggins, again, you know, Wiggins is just not shooting well. I I don't think it's as simple as well with Poole in there and Clay back. You know, Wiggins, he can't find his role. He's getting some shots. Only only nine last night, admittedly. He's just not making them you have to make shots so he's not helping you he's in some kind of funk and coming as great as he's been you know oh, let's stick him in the starting lineup as a small ball center he was really not very good last night so i, I don't know what the answer is um and it, it does seem sometimes like coach kerr maybe just a little too anxious to tinker with things right now because also once steph's back a lot of these things are going to fall into place anyway
2: yeah they they are and and i think it it is It is, you know, appropriate to point out that that right now, I mean, it's all about gearing up for the playoffs. It's all about, all right, Steph Curry healthy and and then gearing up for the playoffs. I I think the other interesting part of the lineup change, and, and there's a lot of different things to unpack here, is, and Anthony Slater wrote about this part, the willingness to take Kavon Looney out of the starting lineup. It's not so much moving
0: forward,
2: an issue of, as much as it may be right now, you know, Draymond and Kaminga or, or Porter and, and Looney and, and the combinations that you want to see at different times over these last eight games. But it, it's a willingness, and, and we've seen this from the Warriors in the past. I know Kavon Looney joked about it not being, what, it, it's not an official year for the Warriors if yeah. the center isn't benched at some point because, you know, the Warriors have done that with with Iguodala and Bogut and, and a number of different players. Uh, that that have played that center position uh, over the years, and it's led to, to some some positive championship uh, you know, runs for 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 this group in the past. So, uh, but but it is interesting the willingness to take Looney out, and, and and the thing that I wonder is, would the Warriors really consider going with a Steph, Pool, Clay Thompson, yes. Wiggins, Draymond yes. starting lineup in the playoffs, and and then you have to look at opponent you know the opponent specific components of that but but I think and you know rather than have Jordan Poole going back to the bench right as the playoffs start there's a part of me that wonders if he just plugs Steph Curry back in and Kavon Looney winds up being in essence the backup center that the Warriors don't have and I know we're going to get to James Wiseman but the backup center that the Warriors really really don't have and haven't had all year
0: that's the single biggest question to me. I think you hit on it there. Yeah, what are you going to do when Curry's back? By the way, I was watching the Nuggets. Was it the Nuggets and the Suns? Or maybe it was the Nuggets and Terrific the Clippers. Terrific game. And... Yeah, 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 it was. It was a great game. And Coach Van Gundy was saying, hey, you know what? Um, you know, if you're Denver here and you finish sixth, maybe in the first round you play the Warriors and maybe they don't have Steph Curry. And I was aware of that. But just when he said it, it just kind of, whoa just kind of sent, you know, resonated with me, like, wow, I guess that's reality. However, as we've all heard, the Warriors, they're, they're, apparently they're very optimistic that Steph's back. But still, that's in play. Hopefully, uh, Curry's ready to go when the playoffs start. Yeah, so do you start the three players? The way Jordan Poole's playing right now, J.D., don't you think, the way he's playing right now, and he's phenomenal, he can't play that way when Curry's back. I mean, I'm not saying he can't play well, but as, he's, as much as he's running the offense, everything runs through him. When Curry's back, Jordan Poole, I don't think he can play the way he's playing right now, which is something you have to consider when you decide whether or not you want to start those three guys together.
2: Well, and here's the question that I'd have for you and is, do you have a better shot? Do you have a better shot at getting more out of Jordan Poole, wedging him back into a bench role, than just keeping him in the starting lineup? Because we've seen, and Poole's been good to his credit, at adjusting. Yes. He's adjusted through struggles, not only this season, but even last year. You know, He came back off the, the G League bubble and, and was tremendous early, and then he had a stretch where he really struggled but got it going in the final a week or so of the season and, and on into the, the play-in games, and he played big in, in both of the play-in games. Uh, losses that that the Warriors sustained, which which ultimately eliminated them. So I give Poole credit. You know he was really struggling in early March. You know he had the 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 what was it? The shoot around video uh, where you know he was getting asked, or the practice video in Dallas mm-hmm. after practice where he was you know just kind of hemming and hawing and yes yes and no and very short, very brief, very curt with his with his answers. But then he's gone out and played outstanding really since then. So he's been able to adjust. But the one thing about him is it it has taken him some time to adjust. So I, I I wonder if the Warriors are thinking, "Damn, we can't have Jordan Poole." You know, it's one thing to add Steph Curry, which of course you're you're thrilled to have him back. I mean, he gives you a shot to win a playoff series and make a run that you wouldn't have otherwise. He goes back in, but then at what cost to the the game of Jordan Poole and others? So it almost feels like. Some some sense of you want to appease and still maximize. You, you can't give Jordan Poole three games of a playoff series to figure out how to come off the bench again is probably the simplest way to put it.
0: And then there's also this, right? You don't know for sure, and you won't know until he plays, where Steph is, I mean, as far as the foot. I mean, even if they say, look, he's 100%, you don't know until he plays on it. So there's just so many moving parts right now. It's understandable. you got injuries. Um, You got young players, you're trying to sort things out. You got injured players who aren't there, injured players who are there and are trying to work their way back. But I think it contributes to the fact last night, I know the Warriors ended up with a really good first quarter, but early on that start of that game, the hawks reminded me of the way the warriors played at the beginning of the year this is a, i'm talking about the first part of the first quarter cuz the warriors it looked like they weren't sure what they were doing right jd and you can understand that like other teams are hitting them hard as they're sorting through the early parts of games like what are we doing now they've just kind of lost their mojo and this searching for answers in the rotation while I understand why they're doing it that's that's contributing to that
2: no, it is, and, and I think that the lineup changes and, and all of that is why the Warriors haven't been real good defensively for the most part in the first quarter. I mean, I think you, the 36 against San Antonio, uh, I know it was better against Miami. Uh, it was better. I mean, you look at Orlando. I mean, they, they couldn't score against Orlando. Orlando's not uh, obviously a high-scoring team, but San Antonio put it on them in the first quarter. Atlanta puts 36 on them. In the first quarter last night, now the Warriors were, were making everything. I thought it was interesting. You know, the Hawks were making everything, not at the level the Warriors were, and then it kind of flipped, right? It it ended yep. up evening out. Both teams hit 3 pointers, and the Hawks really hammered the Warriors on the interior. And I think you know that's part of, and, and you're right. You know, Jonathan Kaminga didn't give him much last night. You know, he go and he's been, and it, it's important to point out, and I'm not I'm not putting this on him, but. But he too, as a young player, there is an inconsistency level to his game where where he will flash, as he did against Miami and look completely unstoppable. And and the Hawks are not, are, are the the Heat rather, are not the most athletic team in the world. They they got a bunch of bruises. So I think his athleticism really showed and played uh, against Miami. But then there are other matchups where. You're just looking for a little bit more of the little things, and, and it's almost as if if he can't provide the flash, he, there, there are some games where he doesn't pl- provide anything. And, and, you know, last night he goes into the starting lineup – but you know Poole and Thompson are going to be the two that are going to shoot the rock a lot. He almost needs to shoot the rock to feel comfortable, right? Even if it's putting his head down and driving or, or getting out in transition. Like, That's it. He, if he doesn't score, there are a lot of games where he doesn't bring a lot of other things to the table. And I think last night, part of the reason he was put in the starting lineup, Whitey, was to bring other things to the table.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. To my eye, when he doesn't get out and transition early, it's tougher for him to get his game going. And again, last night he was playing a little bit of a different position. But I remember last year talking about the Warriors going into the, the play-in series and, and going into the off season. And to me, they just needed more impactful players in the front court. That's clearly what Kaminga is supposed to provide. It's You know, can't expect too much from him. But case in point, last night, the starting of forwards, Wiggins and Kaminga and Green combined, they were, what, 7 for 18? uh let's see 715 yeah, yeah say we're 7 for 18 uh, three point shooting, they were one for seven. So they just kind of mm, you just didn't get. That's that's the three of them combined. You're just not getting much from from the front court. And so all and part of that is because you know you are getting a lot of scoring from the back court, but the front court players are just that. When the Warriors aren't playing well, they're not getting a lot from the front court, and they're still just a really guard oriented team. And that's why Porter's so important. That's by that's why Wiggins playing better is so important. That's why Draymond has to find. I don't know something i it's a little scary the way he's playing right now because it looks like he's hurting a little bit too that's understandable, but you know you're still hoping that Steph comes back healthy and its draymond struggling right now j d that's a that's a little unsettling with the playoffs looming
2: eight at 9-5-7-0. it's warriors this week, John Dickinson and whitey Gleason were with you until noon. Uh, we'll get to, to your phone calls. We'll get to your text messages. All of that coming up here uh, on 95.7 The Game. Uh, y- you look at just kind of big picture here as far as the good news, the good news for the Warriors and where would they be and what would the conversation be like if they hadn't won the game in Miami. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a hell of a win, and, and what a surprise. It's, it's funny. We, we came on last week, Whitey, and we're talking about how the Warriors have opportunities to win games, and this is, and, and Steph Curry had said this, a much different team. Than the teams in the last couple of years that have had to play without him and have been just woeful in, in games without him, uh, but the Warriors, you know, they lose those first two uh, full games without him. They obviously lost the game he went down to Boston, but the San Antonio game, the Orlando game, and you know those were the two most winnable games, maybe the whole stretch here coming up. And then they go to Miami after losing those two without any of the big three, and they and they are able to get that win in in Miami and it's just it's a conundrum they needed that win in a bad way the the Jazz as we look at the the standings they lost again last night Mm -hmm. Uh, so still three games up are the Warriors on Utah and Dallas Dallas and Utah both tied right now for four and five and then there's a battle between Denver and Minnesota at six and seven uh, to try and see who's going to wind up in the play in tournament and who's going to wind up just being that six seed Uh, those two teams Locked in a really tight battle right now. Uh, What, a half game, I believe, separating those two teams uh, in in terms of six and seven? So right now it would be the Warriors and and the Nuggets, but Minnesota right there on their heels. I think it's interesting as we talk about lineup changes and and everything else, if the Warriors are playing Denver and Minnesota – they'd have a really tough call because those would i think be two opponents where you'd almost have to start cavon looney even if your intent yeah. would be maybe to not start cavon looney and then that that means that they almost would be forced into having the the jordan pool off the bench scenario which i i feel like i feel like they're just uncomfortable with right now I, there, there's something about them not wanting to send him back to the bench when when steph curry or even klay thompson was back in the fold that like they almost don't want to go through that adjustment period again or or think he may it may really impact his game to the negative.
0: He's been just so magnificent offensively, just incredible. By the way, speaking of the Seatings, as, as you just uh, alluded to, what did we say? What have we said so many times about the Suns this year? Every time you look at them, they're, they're on a winning streak, right? Phoenix Suns, streak, 7 one, seven. They're just That's an amazing club. Memphis has won three in a row, but they've got their own problems right now with jaw, nursing, and knee injury. A larger issue, as you say, the worst. Clinging to that third spot, I think they'd be thrilled if they end up uh, third. The win over the Heat was remarkable. I think maybe a little bit of the shine comes off of that when you consider the way the Heat's playing right now. They blew a, what, a 17-point lead last night and they lost to the Knicks. So they've got their own problems. Obviously the Warriors have no sympathy for them and they took advantage of that. They're not the best team great. in the East. I'm just going to no. say,
2: they, I know they've had the best record and, and they're not the best team in the East. I, I The eye I test on the Eastern Conference, to me, I think Philly, Milwaukee, even Boston, honestly, I know they're all within a game of each other now, one through four. I think mm-hmm. I think they're those three, I think the Heat are the fourth best team, uh, in, in the Eastern Conference and, and we'll see what Brooklyn does. I mean obviously we don't know what full strength Brooklyn looks like, but, but Miami may even be the fifth best team if Brooklyn had their act together.
0: Yeah, and they miss Tyler Hero, but yeah, they're just really playing bad basketball and they're yelling at each other, coming apart at the seams there. But yeah, how does that happen where the Warriors, you lose to Orlando, a game you really should have won, then you beat the Heat. I think it speaks to what we've been talking about. There are just so many moving parts and there's so much that's unsettled right now that game to game, we don't know what we're going to get from them and they don't know which team is going to show up. Right. They they don't know. And you can see that early in games where they're what are we doing here? Who how are we playing this tonight? So that's Steve Kerr's deal. He's trying to make it a positive, like, oh, we're very flexible right now. We could have a lot of people, a lot of different roles, but he's gotta figure something out so the team has some sense of what we're doing. And the Warriors as you know better than most because you were there. When they're winning championships, it's like, we know what we're doing. You have to worry about us. We know what we're doing, which is always the case with the best teams, and they're nowhere near that right now for a lot of reasons. that are, know, right. It's not their fault, but that that's where they are. They've got to find some answers here and establish some identity going forward.
2: Yeah, and you look at the Warriors on this trip, one and two in the trip, three of four, in the full games without Curry and now four of five overall. When you look at the game that he went down, you add that one in against the Celtics, but still three games up on both Utah and Dallas for the four seed in the Western Conference. Eight at eight, nine five, seven, nine five, seven, zero. He's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson. Why have the Warriors struggled so much uh, when Stephen Curry has been out, but not other players? They seemingly play better when they just give everybody. The, the night off in terms of the big three. We'll get into that coming up next as well and, and the bad news surrounding James Wiseman. Uh, that's all coming up. It's Warriors this week here on 95.7 The Game.
3: Selling a little or a lot. to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
4: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you
1: Now back to Warriors This Week on 95.7 The
2: Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, and you, 888 957 Warriors This Week until noon on 95.7 The Game. Uh, conundrum for me, Whitey, and I mentioned this before the break, and I think you had the, the note uh, on the record for the Warriors when they don't have any of the big three uh, and this week, in, indicative of of just what has plagued them all season in, in a way, uh, the Warriors have been able to win in, in some of these developmental games where, hey, Steph's out or Draymond's out and the other one's getting the night off and Klay Thompson's either in the second of a back-to-back or at times before he had, had made his, his return from injury uh, – You you just look at this week, you you look at a game like San Antonio and you're thinking, hey, the Warriors, this is a game they they should have a shot to win. The Spurs are going to wind up out of the mix completely as far as the playing tournament. Orlando's the worst team in the Eastern Conference. And the Warriors, with Clay Thompson and Draymond Green and Andrew Wiggins and, and everybody else, essentially, except for Stephen Curry, they can't get wins in those games. But then they go and they're much more competitive without any of the big three in Miami against a much better team and are able to win that game and you bring Draymond back into the fold last night and they wind up losing and the defense is much worse and And just what do you make of that? I know you had the the number on the record. It's just that has been something perplexing to me all year, whether it's the the competitive game in Denver, the win in San Antonio earlier in the year. I know they beat Detroit very early in the year when they shut everybody down. They've performed better in those games and more consistently, I think, in terms of just just the eye eye test and passing the eye test than they have when, when they've just taken one piece away, but everybody else has been there.
0: Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. By the way, thank you, Sterling, for playing some Foo Fighters. R.I.P. Uh, Taylor Hawkins. We're we're gonna miss him. We miss him already. But you're right, JD. Seven games. I looked this up after they won up Miami. Um, seven games Wars have played this year without. Steph, and without Dream on and without Clay all, all in the same game. And you'd figure, well, they don't have much chance in those games, right? They played seven games. They've won three of them. As you said, at Detroit they won. They won at San Antonio. They won at Miami. The losses, uh, according to my calculations here, they lost at Toronto, at Minnesota, at New Orleans, and then the game at Denver. So three and four without your big three, I don't think that's bad at all, especially considering that those are all road games. So how have they done it? I don't know that. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Wiggins, um, he's had two big games against Miami. He had he had twenty two right in that win over Detroit, as you remember. I mean, Wiggins had twenty seven points in that game, so he has played well in those games. Um, although I, I'd have to check on the San Antonio. He, I don't remember what he did in San Antonio. Maybe he missed that game as well. But he's played well under those circumstances, and that maybe other teams take him a little more lightly, and they just seem to play with more reckless abandon when they're without those three. And of course, Poole, and he's playing great now even with those guys, but Poole has played great in those games without Steph, Clay, and Draymond.
2: Yeah, and just looking back on it, Andrew Wiggins did not play uh, in that yeah. game. February 1st right. at, at San Antonio, I was able to, to bring that up, and that was a, that was a Jordan Poole 31. Uh, Moses Moody, uh, If I had forgotten this, Moses Moody had 20 and made six threes right. in that game. <laughs> That's right. Uh, back, yeah. Yeah, back on February the 1st at, at the uh, AT&T Center, Damian Lee, uh, much like he did against uh, Miami. He was huge against Miami. He had 21 in uh, mm-hmm. in that game and made five threes against the Spurs. Jonathan Kaminga, 19. So similar template uh, in the San Antonio game than there was in the Miami game, although without Wiggins.
0: Yeah, I I think maybe there's more – of a democratic approach more you know, they get more balanced scoring it is really hard to explain and obviously you don't want to play a lot of games without your big three but they've just played more warrior basketball the warrior style and i do think jd taking nothing away from those guys it's amazing what they've done in those games but i do think part of it has to be don't you that sometimes another team doesn't they don't necessarily put their best foot forward in those games and they realize whoa we're in a ball game here by the time they realize that it's too late 8889579570
2: and let's be honest here I think part of it too is there is a let up from the opposition when, Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I think yeah. and you see this all the time where you have a good team or a great team uh, you know it's a different t- and we've seen the Warriors for a long time get everybody's best shot well if a team's playing the Warriors I think especially a team like Miami and they've been dealing with their own internal strife you, know, you see, all right, you know, you, no Steph, no Clay, no Draymond in, in a home game. And I think that becomes a game that it's, it's harder to get up for. And, mm-hmm. and they you know kind of a it was kind of a joke effort from Miami uh, you know other than the little hot streak they had in the in the first quarter and then obviously the comeback at the end of the third quarter but they were just like walking through mud in that game and i think some of it is there's the letdown of oh this is one of the bigger games on the schedule the warriors are coming in they've been one of the better teams all year and now you got to play that game at home against the 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 rest of the warriors roster which is still good enough to 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 get rolling especially offensively And and if you give them an inch, they they can kind of take a mile. And I think you've seen that. and We see that a lot over the over the course of the the NBA season where some lesser teams are able to go in and win some games, uh, win some games against some other teams.
0: Wiggins is such a big part of it, right? I mean, Wiggins is so important to them going forward they're just for whatever reason right now there's so those games where yeah, i to me it's even worse than it was before this year when he's not at his best. What I mean is he had a reputation that he brought over from Minnesota where and we saw it especially that year that shall not be mentioned j d when they made their trade. There were times when you'd look at his final numbers and they were like they're okay, but i didn't notice them and now he's having too many games this year where he's actually just not helping at all, and he's actually hurting you for whatever reason. I know he showed his frustration earlier this week, so he's aware of it. And it's not like, you know, I think people say he's not trying. He doesn't care. And I don't think that's true. Uh, he just is struggling with his shot right now. And when Wiggins is average to average to pretty good player, uh, the Warriors get so much out of their backcourt, it really helps them. And whatever's happened, maybe it, I, I think he has a sore knee. Maybe that's affected his shooting. That's one of their problems, and that's one of the reasons they've played well in some of these games without their big threes. He's had a couple big games. When he struggles, as he did last night, it's it's really hard for them to overcome.
2: No, it, it is hard for them to overcome, and, and it's hard, I think, to get – I do think. It's not necessarily an aggressiveness issue all the time, and, and I know you mentioned this in the first segment as, as it pertains to, to Wiggins. If, if Clay Thompson's taken 26 shots, and look, he was on fire last night. I know Steve Kerr called it his best game, and, and he's had enough games to where I, I think he still got that in the bag maybe the consistency mm-hmm. isn't going to be there at the level that we're all used to for Clay, but Clay still got the ability to go off for 35 or 40 in any game and I think that that makes the Warriors very dangerous I know he was happy with the fact that he got over the 40 minute plateau uh, in, in the game last night but if he's going to take 26 shots and Jordan Poole's going to take 22 shots and those two are going to need to go off like there just aren't shots there like like last night I and the Warriors didn't have a third score really other than Peyton who was finding it on offensive rebounds and cuts and and, and you know he was getting his offense without any yeah. without having to do anything for him to get it which is but there wasn't a true third score last night for the Warriors I put Peyton in a in a different category but the way I look at it is like last like last night nine attempts, you look at that on the box score, and you say, well, he wasn't aggressive enough. Well, Clay took 26, and Poole took 22. So at some point, if, if you want Wiggins to be aggressive, it has to come at the expense of some of those other shots from those two players specifically, but they were rolling. So it just it gets kind of caught up in the, in the wash where it, it's tough, I think, for him to, to kind of know when to be aggressive. And then the three-point shot, to your point, wasn't falling. One of four last night from three. So how do you manage that?
0: He's just got to make the shots he gets. I mean, maybe that's an oversimplification. There was a shot last night. He got the ball on the right side of the floor, and it was like a 12-foot baseline jumper. Um, And it's like he'd never seen that shot before in his life. So he ended up in the ball. It's like not a shot he necessarily takes. And he took the shot, and he missed badly. And you could tell it's like he has no chance to make this. So uh, some of it is the shots he's getting in the offense. I think the Warriors do a really good job I, I notice this a lot at the beginning of games and the beginning of, of halves. They try to get him the ball and get him going downhill, but it's as simple as, and he knows it. He's just, okay, if you're not going to get as many shots, you got to make more of the ones that you are getting. Uh, four for nine, one for four last night. They need more from that. I think maybe, JD, that's part of the answer to the question we were just wrestling with. How come the Warriors, when they are without their big three, why have they played so much better? And I agree with you. A lot of it is teams don't take them as seriously. But you were just talking about it, breaking down the scoring. They seem to have a more balanced attack on uh, those circumstances. And too often when it's, you know, Clay or Clay and Steph and Draymond, too too often it seems like, well, who's the third or fourth score? Sometimes it's Poole. But I just think when, when Wiggins has played better without the big three and they've had a more balanced attack, and that's really more – uh, that's the Warriors' style. That's why that one of the reasons they played well without those guys.
2: 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here on ninety five seven. The game from the seven zero seven on the Comcast Business Text Line. Uh, this person writes: uh, Could the tinkering be necessary right now, uh, but also to make sure that everyone stays ready in case they need to jump in. When playoffs start, I think that's an interesting point, and it's one that that, that Steve Kerr does bring up a lot. That that he uh, is trying to to keep everybody ready, and and he wants to he doesn't let anybody linger too long on the bench. I mean, with this team playing shorthanded, there are minutes for everybody to play, especially when they themselves. Have said that seeding is not like when you say seeding's not important, you're you're basically saying in, in a way it's okay if we lose, and, and and I think or or that a few losses are going to be expected. You're going to go out and you're going to try to win every game, but you know there are bigger things at play here right now for the Warriors. I think the lineup change last night was was a part of that. Uh, you know I think they're comfortable with the fact that that they're probably going to be the three seed. They they probably need. I don't know, maybe three wins in the last mm-hmm. eight, though, to make sure. Uh, they still have the head-to-head game uh, against, against Utah. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out here as far as down the stretch goes. But what do you make of the tinkering to keep everybody ready? Because I, I think at some point, and I know you were never going to be able to do it now because Curry's out until the playoffs start. But at some point, I think you do have to give a little bit of a, of a rhythm to what the rest of your playoff rotation is going to look like, and I just don't think, I just don't think the Warriors are going to do it at, at this point.
0: I don't think that's it. I mean, that would be great if it was a matter of keeping everybody ready. And sure, maybe that's kind of a byproduct of tinkering with the lineup. But from what Coach Kerr is saying and from what we're seeing, I think he's trying to get a sense of if I have this group on the floor, I know what I'm going to get from that group. Maybe I don't want to start that group, but I want to get a sense of what this group does together. Same with this group. And I still think he's trying to figure out, he's like, I'm not getting what I thought I'd get out of that bunch. I'm not getting what I thought I'd get out of this bunch, so i got to mix it up some more. I think that's more what's going on than just trying to keep everybody ready. Again, the quote, which is really interesting, we have to explore some lineups, but we have to settle on some lineups before the playoffs start. It's a challenge. So yeah, as we've discussed, it's not necessarily that you're starting and then you're coming in, but he just has to have a sense of, this combination is going to give me this and this combination is going to give me that. And he's not, he hasn't found that yet. They haven't been consistent with that. I will say this. You talked about seeding. And I understand earlier in the year when the Warriors were saying, eh, we, we don't necessarily have to finish first. They would have loved to, but it became apparent that they probably weren't going to. So, yeah, they've won big road games. But as far as seeding doesn't matter, um, I understand the philosophy, and yeah, the Warriors have. As I said, we all know they've won some big postseason games. But to me, <laughs> seeding, especially this year in this conference, seeding matters a lot. If they do end up third, I think whoo, that's a big sigh of relief. You slip into fourth or fifth, and I know you know they they got three games, and you mentioned this. They're um, let's see, they're three games up on the Jazz right now, three games up on Dallas, so they're they're very close to locking down some things. But third would be great. Fourth would be ugh. Fifth would be terrible, so I think seating does matter. And that's one of the reasons. Even though they're publicly not admitting this, that they got to start settling on some of these lineups and get a better idea of what this group's going to give you and what that group's going to give you.
2: Yeah, he he's. It's almost as if he sees lineups that that are successful, and he files it away. Okay, I know, and then and then he tries a different one. Right. Whereas yes. I think we're all expecting we're all expecting him to. Uh, find a lineup that works or find a rotation that works and then stick with it. But it but that's not that's not it. It's more hey, this works, okay. I, I, like I'm going to write that down on my little sheet. We can go to this in this situation and then all right, we'll see you in the playoffs with that. <laughs> you know, with that group maybe depending upon who we play. It's it's almost like the whole thing and I know this word's been thrown out there experimenting. It 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 feels like the whole thing is all right, this works, this doesn't work, but there's no no sense of all right. What's working? We're just going to stick with to try and to try and maybe win some of these games, but also to try and maybe you know, line up some confidence uh, uh, among this group that that they can still hang in there and win some games without Curry. Because the reality is, and they've played much better the last two games than they did the previous two. But the reality is, this team's won one game now without Curry in the, in these last four.
0: Yeah, you go back even to that loss at home to Denver right before the break. That tough, tough loss where Steph made. Uh, the the bad decision on on Jokic after that game. Do you remember Coach Kerr was saying, "Yeah, it's a tough loss, but you know we figured out some things out with the rotations." I mean, that's before the break. I think this is part of it, JD. You may disagree, and this is I haven't heard anything. Just observing, I think Steve Kerr right now is more under the gun as the coach of the Warriors than he's been at any point in his tenure with the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, they've won championships, of course, and when you lose, you 73 games and you win, you you lose. Oh, there. Well, is that the coach? But then, of course, they came back the next year. They got Durant. But right now, you know, last year's like well, a lot of extenuating circumstances. The year before that, of course, was the gap year. But this year, they were cruising along. And then things have unraveled. And a lot of it has to do with injuries and things that are out of Coach Kerr's control. But he's been very forthcoming in some of these losses. Yeah, you know, I made some mistakes there. And if this thing does fall apart, where let's just say they're out in the first round, I think a lot of that's going to come down on him. And I think he's aware of that. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why he's so... I mean, I'll use the word desperate to find the right combinations right now. I think more than he ever has, he's coaching for his job more than he has at any point in his tenure as a Warriors head coach.
2: Now, now I want to. I got to. I got I to gotta ask you. I mean, co- coaching for his job. Like you, you think his job would be in trouble at, at some I point? I think there would be like some because I, I don't think that at all.
0: I think there would be some heat uh, if it comes okay. apart. Some more heat than there's ever been. Uh, for him as the coach of the Warriors, obviously with his record and his reputation and his contract, yeah, I'm not saying he's gone, but I think right now he's facing more heat from, certainly the fan base, which doesn't matter, but you know I'm sure ownership will not be thrilled if this team's out in the first round. So I think that's part of uh, the process for him right now. 8
2: zero. let's get to City Boy in San Francisco. City Boy uh, up here on 957 the game. Hey, City Boy.
5: Hey, fellas! Really enjoying the basketball talk this morning while I'm out running errands. Thanks for uh, thanks for your show. It's been real good. Um, Appreciate. It. Yeah, listen. I I wanted to say, uh, give you my thoughts. thing. Steve Kerr is not going to be on any kind of hot seat. I mean, maybe if you know, this roster is flawed. I mean, he's he's been dealing with a lot. And and do you alluded to the injuries. I mean, they, and and then not having a backup big because they relied on Wiseman coming back. And there's a whole there's there's you know a plethora of reasons this teams in the situation they're in. Um, um, but I, I, have, I have a greater point to make, but if I can just real quick say on Jordan Poole's evolution, this guy's been phenomenal. I think the next step for him is, is learning to save a little for the fourth quarter. It seems like he's really getting those numbers in the first three quarters, maybe running out of gas a little because he puts forth so much effort. Um, because I've, I've seen him really struggle in some fourth quarters. I mean, look at that Boston game. I know Boston's a great defensive team, but he was lighting them up in the third, and it looked like he just had nothing left in the fourth. Um, you know, great players learn to sandbag a little and, and save it for the end. So, uh, or I mean, sandbag early in the game and, and save it for the end, and I think that he'll get to that point. Um but what I'm seeing with the Warriors is, is, you know, one of my favorite, it's kind of a nebulous basketball term, but one of my favorite basketball terms is, is when teams play connected, you know. And the Warriors' greatest strength defensively especially is their, you know, their, they, they play connected, um, they force turnovers, they get out in transition, and obviously we're not seeing that at all lately. And I, I can't see them getting to that point by the time the playoffs start. Um, I really hope I'm wrong. I thought this team had a chance to do something special, but injuries have really derailed their chemistry. Um, it, the, the only thing the injuries have done on a positive light is allow Moody and Kaminga to get run, um, allowed Jordan Poole to get a lot of run, and develop, um, which bodes well for the future. But I'm a little worried for this season, fellas. Um, but let's hope they do get connected. Let's hope Andre comes back because, uh, let's be honest, their record with Andre, I mean, I, I know that he only plays, you know, 15 minutes, but – their record with Andre, they're probably twenty games over five hundred when Andre plays. Um, anyway, thanks guys.
2: Thanks, yeah, City appreciate the call, City Boy. Uh, good things here, you know. The as far as the evol- evolution of Pool, he was eight for twenty-two last night, and I know everybody thinks he played a great game last night and, and you ten assists. And, and look, he he was good. I mean, they they needed. He he's just a very streaky player. I mean, that's you know he has the the incredible nuclear third quarter. Against the Celtics, going back to the game where Curry went out, he was not great in the fourth quarter he was not great in the first half of, of that game and I think what we've seen is and, and there' are games where he keeps it rolling for for good chunks of the game and is and is very efficient and and you know you look at uh, look at the game against Miami the game against Miami is, is is one of those games as well where you know he's 10 of eighteen, seven of 13 from three well last night, He's 8 of 22, he's 4 of 13 from 3, so, so he didn't shoot it well last night. Like he scored, uh, you know, but, but, and I think that the consensus is he, he played great last night. He didn't really play great last night, if, if, if that makes sense. You know, 24 points on 22 shots, so he's a very streaky player, I think, at this point, more than it's about saving a little of this or saving a little of that in the tank.
0: I agree with you, and I also agree with City Boy. I think it's fair to wonder whether the fact that he played with 39 minutes, if that was a contributing yeah. factor to that. Although, yeah, and you're right. He's always been a little streaky of late. He's been more consistent. But also, to your point, he had five fouls last night, turned the ball over five times, had 10 assists. They're asking so much from him, and defenses are well, focusing Orla- more and more You know on what?
2: It. And I want to jump in on this one, too, because or- I think the Orlando game like, is another example of this. The Warriors lose the Orlando game and, and coming out of that game, it's, wow, Jordan Poole, 26, continued evolution. He's, he's on the brink of becoming a star. And I'm not trying to come down his road, but he's 9 for 23. Like, yeah, he scored 26 points, he took 23 shots. And, and I know the Warriors need him to do that, uh, you know, right now without Curry. But 5 of 13 from three-point range. Again, I know the playmaking is something that the Warriors really like, but I, I would not say he was great last night. And I would not say he was great in the Orlando game. I would say he was great in stretches of both games. I would say he was great in the Miami game. And look, he's putting up numbers, and the overall numbers speak for themselves. You know, He's on track to get a, a, a very large payday. That's something else we, we can get into between now and 12 o'clock, Whitey. But I, I just don't think he's played as spectacularly. He's played well, but I don't think he's played as spectacularly as as it it meets the eye when you know or as much as maybe the discussion has been surrounding him if that makes sense
0: he puts up big numbers and he makes plays that you remember spectacular plays but you're right he hasn't been as efficient as you'd like him to be, and that's really the key to winning is you want that efficiency. Right now, though, they're asking so much of him, and he is delivering a lot of it. Um, City Boy said something really interesting to me. Uh, He he talked about how the Warriors are not connected. I know a couple weeks ago, Coach Kerr talked about a lack of connectedness uh, on the defensive end. I'm reading a book right now about The Celtics and the Lakers, when they played in the finals in 1969, long story short, and it was the Lakers were a great team. They brought in Wilt Chamberlain. They had Baylor. They had West. They were heavily favored. And the Celtics, it literally was the end of their run, which is kind of reminiscent of what's going on with the Warriors right now, although the Warriors is not like, you know, Steph's going to retire this year, but it was Bill Russell's last year. And Bill Russell, and they got in the, they finished fourth. The Celtics did. They got in the finals and they upset the Lakers somehow, miraculously. And Bill Russell said, he said, when, we don't play together, we're nothing. He said, we don't have the biggest stars. When we don't play together, we're nothing. When we do play together, we're the best team in the NBA. Um, and that's true to a degree of any team in basketball. You've got to play together. But I think the Warriors, you know, they, they've won those multiple championships, not as many as the Celtics, but I think it's true of them too. This team, to play Warrior basketball, especially at the defensive end, they have to be connected. When they're not connected, as we've seen of late, it's like, who are these guys? When they are, they're one of, if not the best team in basketball. So that's what they have to somehow, some way, try to get back to that connectedness.
2: Yeah, and and I think that's going to be next to impossible <laughs> by the time the playoffs start. Now their 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 bet, and it's the only play they have right now, Whitey. But their bet is that they can find it. Really, game one, round one, or. Buy, a win, win one of the first two or two of the first three games while they're finding it, and yeah. and get it together in that. They're, they're trying to hope they can get it together in that first series, even if it takes them seven games. You win, obviously, because you have to, and then you got action moving forward from there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people thought I was a little more skeptical um, that once Draymond was back, everything would fall into place, especially defensively. Um, And maybe some of it still will because he's still you know, finding his way health-wise. But the issues are are larger than that. It's kind of puzzling. Well, how come the team was so good defensively early on and they're not now? Um, And you've seen the numbers fall off. They've actually gotten worse defensively. And and I think a lot of that, J.D., I I don't know what you think of this. I think teams have learned how to attack them. When Draymond was out for a longer stretch, teams figured out better ways to attack the Warriors' defense. And I think they've found some weaknesses uh, that they didn't know were there, Poole playing a lot more. Look, let's be honest, it doesn't help you defensively because as quick as he is, he doesn't have lateral quickness that you need defensively. You know, he can fake you this way or that, but as you know, anyone who plays basketball knows, as far as the lateral quickness you need to play really good defense, that's not really a strong suit. So I think some of the Warriors' weaknesses that maybe have been there all along that we didn't know, I think they've been exposed as teams have learned uh, how better to attack them.
2: All right. We'll keep this conversation rolling. 888-957-9570. Awful, uh, but what had come to be expected news regarding James Wiseman. We'll get into that. And uh, then Steve Kerr addressing it as well. Uh, Still comfortable with the Warriors have as far as their bigs. We'll get into all of that. Our number two Warriors this week, straight ahead here on 95.7 The Game.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news,